is Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's Friday, July 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. If it sounds a little different, uh, you are joining me in the car on the way to Missouri Western, St. Joe, for Chiefs training camp. It's the daily commute, and glad to have you along. We've got a good show today. You will hear from Chris Jones. He speaks of the Chiefs' latest acquisition, defensive end Carlos Dunlap. The Chiefs filled a position of need with the signing of Dunlap, and we get Chris Jones to talk about him. Uh, We'll probably talk to Dunlap pretty soon, but it didn't happen yesterday. Don't expect it to happen today either. Um, You'll also hear from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo and running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. On the show, you'll get the insights from Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell. Hey, let's get started. Hey, good afternoon from St. Joseph, Missouri, home of Kansas City Chiefs training camp. We are here to talk about the Chiefs with you and with, let's see who's here right now. we got columnist Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell. I think we're going to have Jesse, Jesse Newell, a beat writer here, in a few minutes. Um, so uh, let, me, uh, let me tell you that we're presented by First Federal, and we're doing this every day. So um, 2.30, mark your, uh, set your, 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 your clocks, your, your calendars, your phones, 2.30 every day. We're going to ch- talk Chiefs with you. So, um, guys, uh, it's not every day that, uh, that we have a new player arriving at Chiefs camp, but, um, but that's going to be the case tomorrow. I assume tomorrow we're going to see Carlos Dunlap um, uh, you know, on the field uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, if, with, with the Chiefs, whether, I don't know if he's going to be working out, but uh, he's going to get his Chiefs career started tomorrow. Uh, the news came out last night that uh, they were in, uh, that that uh, Dunlap, a uh, defensive end who I think 12 years, right? Is it uh, 12 years in the NFL uh, was talking to the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, this morning it's reported that he has signed a one-year deal for $8 million. So, um, the Chiefs have addressed a position of need, and this is pretty big news, Sam, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, a, a little bit of a, a delay there. Like I was a foreign oh. correspondent, a co- foreign <laughs> correspondent on the mute button there. Um, I, I think it's you know it's a position of significant need. You know, I, I wrote going into training camp that you know I thought the Chiefs had four or five questions left going into this camp, but. Number one, A, one B, one C were all they didn't address the defensive line in the way they had promised. And I think it was a matter of not wanting to stretch their budget just to fill a need, but man, it's still a need going into this camp. I mean, I don't think that going in with needing Frank Clark to play seventy five percent of the snaps was, was a healthy way to go into the season for a team that struggled at defensive line last year. So I, we'll see how much Carlos Dunlap has left. You know, he's 33 years old. Um, but Melvin Ingram was a guy that I thought was over the hill last year, and we all thought he made an impact. Even if it wasn't a player in his prime, it was still better than what they, the Chiefs had. And, I mean, Dunlap did have eight and a half sacks last year, so he's there's something left there. Um, and I think it's something better than, than what they have on their roster right now. And, Sam, just to pick up on the Melvin Ingram point, if, if he – is in that sort of in that realm uh, has has just something resembling that 
Uh, it's about eight or nine games earlier, uh, a little more of a time of, of the season where you kind of can build in the benefit of this. You don't have things that now looked in hindsight look like exotic experiments like Chris Jones being out at the end. Um, and obviously you have Carl Loftus, uh, who we think and hope and expect will be a factor too. So it, it kind of changes the mechanics of it a little bit right from the get-go. Yeah, look, I think we all agree, based on the second half of the AFC Championship game, uh, I mean, not that we needed to see that, but because because it had been a, a weakness and the stats proved it was a weakness all season uh, for the Chiefs getting to the quarterback from the defensive end position and then to uh, have addressed it only in the draft with all the draft you know capital that the Chiefs had this year. To, look, they used, uh, you know, they, they went, they got a guy in the first round, right? George Karloftis and... You know, so far, all you know, all indications are he's going to be a you know contributor, and um, looks like he has a bright future. But that was it, and and it, it seemed like it needed to be more. Um, and so they go out and, and sign uh, Carlos Dunlap, who, uh, eight, yeah, as as Sam said, eight and a half sacks last year. He only started two games for the Seahawks, played in all seventeen, started two. And uh, I think I've got this right, and maybe one of you can double-check me on this while I'm uh, babbling on here. He only played like 39% of the defensive snaps a year ago. So think about that, eight and a half sacks, which, you know, how many how many has Frank Clark had in the last two years for the Chiefs? I think it's a total of 10. Yeah, good question. Dunlap was at 38% of the snaps, so you were quite a ways off there with your 39, Blair. <laughs> I'll try to be more accurate next time. Um, yeah, Frank just had four and a half last year and six the year before. So, yeah, ten and a half. Again, way off with, with your ten. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do better. I promise uh, I'll do better. Um, so, the, 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 uh, the, the news still isn't official, right? Nobody's announced this. Uh, it was reported on um, you know, by some of the national uh, writers. But that didn't stop the punditry here from asking – Steve Spagnolo and Chris Jones and others about the acquisition of Carlos Dunlap. Let's hear what Chris Jones, uh, who will be playing uh, next to Dunlap, let's hear what Chris Jones had to say. Chris, there's a report out there the Chiefs are adding Carlos Dunlap. Um, I know we visited last night, but if this report is true, uh, what, do you, what do you know of the player and what do you think he'll bring to the speaker? I mean, Carlos Dunlap, um, his resume speaks for itself. I think he had seven, eight sacks last year for Seattle. Um, you know, he's a high character guy. I trained with him this offseason um, in Miami. And um, if we're able to add him and the report is true, uh, we'll accept Carlos with open arms. I think he's a veteran guy that's had a lot of experience in this league. And um, to have a veteran guy like that in this position group, I think it would be remarkable. Um, no, we don't really talk about, you know, I always told him I'd love to play with you, you know what I mean? Uh, guys like Carlos Dunlap, Justin Houston, guys who set the standard when I was in the league. You know, I um, watched some of their film when I first came in the league. So um, it's always a pleasure to kind of be around that type of guy, high character guy, you know. What do you feel like maybe he brings maybe you guys didn't have? I think, um... Experience, one of the things. You know, we got a young group this year, uh, fairly young to me. I'm like one of the older guys in the group. Um, I think he bring a lot of experience. He can bring a lot of wisdom to the group. He also can uh, 
influence the group, you know what I mean, with his, uh, his leadership ability. So uh, we'll love to have him. Let me break down his sack total from last year a little bit more. He, he had seven of his eight and a half sacks in three games, and they were three of the final four games of the regular season. So he had three in a loss to the Rams, two in a loss to the Chicago Bears, and two in a victory at Arizona. I'm not sure what that says. Um, uh, I, I don't know if he was 100% healthy throughout last season, but I just thought that was interesting that um, a lot of his sacks were stacked up toward uh, toward the end of the season. Um, well, what, I do think, Blair, I think you can say ahead. that it, it, I don't, you know, I don't know the arc of his health before that, but um, it seems to, to suggest that, that uh, for his age, he's still got juice at the end of a season um, to maybe Captain Obvious and kind of minor point. But I think, uh, you know, when you're looking at the long haul here, uh, it, you, you want to feel like uh, that element of his health and dimension of what he can give this team, uh, uh, you've got a little bit of a baseline to see that at you know as he's just turned 33 so uh sam it seems like the chiefs were going to address this need if it wasn't carlos dunlap it was going to be somebody else wouldn't it yeah i mean um i guess i shouldn't say that too confidently because i thought they were going to address it in march um and they didn't and i think they anticipated they'd be addressing it in march um i mean the public messaging from the front office was similar to what it was about the offensive line a year earlier. And there wasn't a lot done other than using their second first round draft pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been anticipating it, I think for, for seven months now, six months now, I mean, you mentioned that Bengals game, so much goes into the conversation about Patrick Mahomes and the offense in that second half, but the defense sacked, a player one time who was sacked 16 times in the two games sandwiched around that one. So that was the under talked about element of the, why they lost the AFC championship game. They did not bring Joe Burrow down. You're, you're muted Blair. And I'll, and I'll ask uh, you Sam and let our audience know that uh, you asked Chris Jones about that, sort of, sort of indirectly, sort of his walk off. Uh, he was yeah. he was not too pleased. <laughs> with the well, the, the Chiefs had kind of a, a weird combination of statistics last year. When you look at it, they were top five in the NFL in both hurry percentage and pressure percentage, and they were fourth to last in sacks. So I just asked Chris something along the lines of, you know, I mean stupid non-football player here just thinks that means you guys didn't tackle the quarterback very well is is there or is there something deeper to it and he goes nope nothing deeper to it just got to tackle him okay (laughs) i'd add stupid non-football player non-football coach non-football coach i was told today Um, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but hey you know it's funny i mean you know chris was a little short with that today but but sam it was also your question a couple months ago that um evoked a, a pretty significant answer from Chris when you asked him about what I can't remember how you phrased it, but it was about his off season and what, what he thought about it. And he went right to that Cincinnati game. Yeah. Yeah. I'd actually forgotten about that. So you just mentioned it, but um, he specifically mentioned that he had burrow in his grasp a couple of times and let him go. And that he's thought about those plays a lot this off season um, but those are probably the plays that lead to a pretty good hurry percentage and pressure percentage, but don't add to the sack totals, even though those numbers I mentioned are 
you know, regular season statistics, but that, that's a good example of it. So uh, we look like, you know, Robert Quinn was a player we talked about a little bit. Um, and as of recently, D Ford uh, became available for the chiefs. I, I don't, I don't think they would have gone there, but, uh, uh, but we, we were confident that the, uh, anyway, I, I guess I was more confident than Sam. D Ford retire a chief player. Is that, is that what you're moving towards here? You know Just what? Him for, the, for the one day retirement. Let's put that out to our uh, to our audience here, Brian, Eric, Kendall, those who have weighed in. Should D Ford sign a one day contract with the Chiefs and retire as a Kansas City Chief? Um, Jack, all you guys that have uh, that we've heard from, Clyde, let us know uh, what you what you think about that. Um, I realize and, I'm and, stepping over the line there, so <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> very good. Um, and speaking of uh, speaking of not coaching football, uh, I want to switch gears, stay on the defense. And, and hear from Steve Spagnolo, uh, who was interesting. He always is. I, I think he's one of the more interesting interviews uh, that uh, that we get at uh, with the Chiefs, whether it's at camp or during the, during the season. And uh, Sam, you set this up since you're part of it. Um, but uh, so we're going to hear from Steve Spagnolo, but uh, you know uh, about the topic of uh, basically coaching a lot of young players on defense. <laughs> that he's played in four defensive schemes now, and this is by far the deepest playbook he's had. And I've long thought all offseason that Spagnola's going to have to cut back on the number of plays they're able to call because you're trying to get guys just used to the NFL. I mean, these are – you know, the Chiefs lost six of their top 11 defensive players in terms of snaps last year. So for six guys that are going to be starting this year, all of these plays are new. They're not just layering on some things, or maybe just Nick Bolton got brought in last year. More than half of their defense, this is all new terminology, all new stuff for them. So I, I, I think that they're going to have to scale back a little bit, and that that led to what I what I asked him today. And, and here is the response from Steve Spagnolo. Huge, a huge benefit, but there's quite a number of new faces. It'd be different if it was just one. Right. Because uh, like even last year, I'm trying to think most of the group was back. Right. Who would have been new? Uh, Nick and Nick would have been new. Right. So we really didn't scale it back. And Nick had to get up to speed with everybody. But this whole group. It will be it will be um, throttled down a little bit. We're going to have to do that. We got to find out what these guys can do and be playing fast on game one. But that doesn't mean that we don't challenge them right now. Part of doing all of this is to find out which guys can think fast. If you go out there and you play two coverages and two fronts, right, you, and then you get into game five and you need to change some things because of whatever you're playing, you guys can't get we'll, – we'll know who can and who can't. I hope I don't have to answer that question again. Are we done with that one? Sam, have you, have you, um, have you coached? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it was really good. No, I, because I think the, the – you know, every coach has to do that, right? too much, too little, but every player needs to know whatever you put in. That's the NFL, right? Am I good? You're All right. Thank you. Uh, I don't think Sam has coached. I think he will. Um, I, Sam strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to coach a son and a daughter at some point. Like, um, I coached both sons and a daughter. Um, I wish he'd asked me that because I'd have gone right back at him. 
<laughs> but it's a listen, it's it's a it's a fascinating point, isn't it? They're, they're going to start a lot of young or a lot of newcomers and young players in this defense. It's a complicated defense, uh, but like Spagnuolo says, they they've got a. Um, it, it's easier to give them a bunch and take, I guess, and, and, and remove some some pages from the playbook than it is to go the other way. Yeah, I think there's two elements to that. That's definitely one of them. And I think the other piece of it is, you know, you don't know what your these guys are going to be best at unless you try it all. So you might as well get it all in play in training camp. And hell, you might have you might look at their skill set and think they're going to be really good at one thing and maybe not as great at the other. And you find out it's the opposite, and then suddenly you start incorporating that more. So I, th- I think it's both of those elements. Agreed. Okay. Hey, let's uh, let, let's stop it right here for for a moment and hear from First Federal. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at FFBKC.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at FFBKC.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're here with uh, Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorio on Sports Beat Live and uh, Talking Chiefs with you. Uh, we, we are getting some responses to our uh, one-day contract for D Ford in retirement probably not going to happen based on the, uh, the fan reaction here. So I, I would, <laughs> I would agree with that. It just, it just didn't end the way it needed to end for D Ford in Kansas city. All right. So Vahe, so Vahe was outvoted. That's, that's what you're saying. I just wanted to make sure I put it out there because, you know, our, our job isn't to um, do anything, but um, evoke, evoke discussion. <laughs> Brian LeBurge Brian LeBurge said uh, seems Juju's becoming a go-to for Pat. Absolutely. Uh, probably the single highlight of the day was uh, was Mahomes to Smith Schuster over Joshua Williams for about a was it about a 35-yard touchdown uh, play or, or at least a 35-yard game. Prettiest pass of the day, I thought. But uh, I thought Joshua Williams, great pass breakup with uh, – who was it against? Um, uh, who was – oh, Kelsey, right? Uh, broke up a pass intended to Kelsey. And for that, Joshua Williams, the rookie, is our first federal player of the day. Okay. Uh, glad Jesse Newell has joined us because, Jesse, we, we have covered uh, uh, Carlos Dunlap and the defense and – uh, I think we're going to switch over to the offensive side and talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, um, 
this was a line of questioning that uh, that that you helped contribute to, and uh, and again, interesting. Uh, first of all, let's let's give a twenty four hour history of Clyde Edwards Alaire, published, not published, um, practiced with the first team today. So, first of all, Jesse, what what was the, what was going on with him and the pup list? I think he wants to know too. <laughs> you know, he seemed as confused as anybody because. That was the first question to him. Like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm great. Everything's good. And uh, so what happened to, you know, the last two days when you're on the pup list? I don't know. What did Coach Reed say? That sort of thing. So um, I, I will say Clyde is one of the best guys to talk to. He's always entertaining, uh, pretty open. So it's been uh, it's been great talking with him. But uh, no, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting um, with him. But yeah, you know, the injury thing, whatever it was behind him, he had a little leg compression on um, yesterday. And uh, that was uh, something that was not there today. So he should be ready to go. But I'm sure we'll get into this about the pass catching from him and being able to have more receptions because that's something that uh, when the Chiefs drafted him in the first round, I think that was an expectation for him and uh, maybe something we'll see a little bit more out of him this year. Uh, Michael writes that uh, Clyde seemed a little frustrated in the presser. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I'm not sure frustrated, but um, I I think he wanted to explain – why he hasn't, you know, been the, I don't know, 50, 60 or, or 50, 60 reception guy each of his first couple of years with the Chiefs. Certainly injuries have, have played a role in this. So let's let Clyde explain it himself. Uh, it, I, I thought uh, Pete Tweeney, our friend from, from 610, uh, had a good question uh, to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then Jesse followed it up with, okay, so, so you know, why has it been like this for you the last couple of years? Here's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're going to go where your numbers call. How much damage do you think that you could you could potentially have in the past game, be it on the line of scrimmage or in screens and whatnot? Man, uh, you know I'm a thousand and ten percent confident in my hands. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm, I'm one of the best pass catchers as far as you know running back in the league, and I, I'll, I'll completely stand on that. Um, and that's just that's just one of those things. I feel like Coach E. B. and Coach Reed are, they're trying to they're trying to get implemented. Um, you know, and and it's one of Pat's things too, like. I don't just have to throw it to the receiver. I can throw it to, you know, anybody on the field. I mean, we throw it to O-linemen, too, so it's just that's what we do. Like, that's we, we throw the ball to everybody. What do you think held you back the last few years from being able to show that more? Um, you know, it's it's un- concepts and personnel. I mean, if 10's 80 yards downfield and I'm running a flat, who are you going to throw it to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm, I'm going to throw the touchdown. Like, it's, it's, it's those things that, that wins games, but, you know, that flat might have – pulled that wheel back out just so he can get up the field. So it's those things. You know, everything benefits, but it's like once you start adding in certain wrinkles and can implement, you know, um, me in the past game as far as being outside and not just running, you know, flats and, and just from a stationary spot, um, you know, it, it, gets a, it gets a lot more fun for me and everybody else. Do you need more of that without 10 then? More routes to you, things like that? I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, throw me the ball. Whoever whoever can get the ball thrown, I mean, it's Pat, bro. He might be looking his way and throw it behind his back. Like, you don't know where the ball is going. So it's like, oh, you know, you can't complain about targets and everything else. It's, I'm here. It's a, it's a, it's 11 guys on the field, and it's, if the ball's flying my way, my job is to catch it and go make a play. Is that the experience that you had from LSU, from your LSU days, knowing how talented you all were in that offense? Is that sort of get you in the right frame of mind for this type of Oh yeah, most definitely, man. It's I'm not a selfish guy, far from it. Um, and I can I, I, I'm I don't want to say like you know I could care less whoever's getting the ball, but it's like 
man, if we get in the ball and we get down the field and we winning games, like, why complain about it? You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, some people would be like, you know, I, I would want the ball. This is this, but it's if that's what's working at that time, the next two weeks just might be my weeks. So it's like you can't you can't sit there and dwell on something that's not benefiting you know you personally or your ego. It's like you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's more important to me. Like I put on a helmet that says Chiefs. Not you know it was Elair's not posted on every everything that I you know that I have. So um, it's always about the brand, but it's also about you know those guys and and the organization who we're playing for. <laughs> Good stuff from Clyde Edwards Elair. Um, Vahe, I, I just enjoy listening to Clyde. I, I think he's uh, one of the more engaging players, uh, and really hoping for you know him to have the type of season that we expect from a, a first round draft pick. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and, and uh, glad to see that Jesse's already already uh, seeing the, uh, the that aspect of Clyde. I mean, he he really he really listens to the questions. Um, you can tell he's a very thoughtful guy, and every time I, I hear him talk, I I really want to see him have a breakout year. You know, his it was just a, a little kind of funny point he was making back to Jesse, but uh, in a lot of ways, it sort of sums up the offense and the change in the offense when you when you say well if you got eight if, if 10's 80 yards downfield and i'm in the flat where are you going to throw it well that's going to be the fundamentally different question this year and um and i do think we'll see we'll see his dimension of the game his his impact on the offense increase um i thought it was interesting also that when jesse asked him about what had held him back you know he didn't immediately talk about, well, I had the gallbladder surgery or the other injuries. I and mean, he talked about concepts and where he fits in. So to me, that's a guy talking about his own responsibility um, and not looking to bring up, you know, totally legitimate excuses, but not looking to bring them up. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Vahe. I think uh, Brian, I saw on the bottom, had a really good comment too, talking about Westbrook, how long it took him to sort of get into an Andy Reid system. But you know, I did, it did force me to look up Westbrook because obviously that's the comparison uh, that Brett Veach made on draft night with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and him to having him and Andy Reid talk about the similarities. And during Westbrook's four-year run or his best four-year run, he was averaging 75 catches per year. Uh, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I've got his numbers pulled up right here. He had uh, 36 receptions in his uh, rookie season and 19 last season, even though, you know, obviously limited with the injuries to just 10 games. But again, it's a far cry from 36 and 19 to something like 75. But as Vahe mentioned, and um, as Clyde mentioned, you know, if, if you can't just, you know, there's that old meme on the internet, the, uh, you know, screw it, uh, Tyreek's down there somewhere. I mean, that offense can't happen anymore when Tyreek isn't on the team. So uh, potentially you do see more um, need to utilize the pieces that you have and um, take certain things in the passing game that might you might not have had to do before. And so it's a big year, big year for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, uh, again, we talked about how much we appreciate talking to him and how he engages and how he thinks about the question. But, you know, I also wrote earlier this offseason about the, the Chiefs picking up Ronald Jones and how he's kind of a power back, how he potentially can help them, you know, make one cut and go and, and, and get, you know, eight or nine yards instead of four or five yards. And Clyde, whether it's been the injuries or um, whatever, that, that familiarity with the offense, he has not produced – uh, as you would hope a first-round draft pick would produce. And so it's time for him to, to come out here and, and, pr and produce and show what he can do because this is a really important season, not only for him, but for the Chiefs if, if he's going to be with this team past this uh, – not past this year, but you know, in, in the, in the long-term future. If he's a long-term plan for them, he needs to show something this year. Well, I like how he's not going to give just 1,000% this year. 1,010%.
So uh, we've heard different permutations of that. Usually it's 110 percent or <laughs> something that's more than the maximum. Uh, or as, uh, as a coach I used to have was uh, uh, better than your best. Um, but I've never heard a thousand ten percent before. No, and I'm I'm going to hold him to that too. I'm I'm you know he's we're going to talk to him after every game uh, when we get a chance. Did you give a thousand and ten percent, Jesse? What have you seen from the? It's only been a couple seven on sevens and eleven on elevens about the the, the running back rotation. Um, Clyde's when he was there he was with the ones today. Um, and then I, I, it seems to me, and I just, just based on today's observations, you had, you know, uh, Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon uh, kind of taking snaps with, with first team offensive linemen and, and Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, again, it's early and I'll repeat the Herbie mantra, you know, the pads are not on. And so it's limited, uh, you know, what potentially you see in these first few practices, but I, I, I think the Chiefs have to really like their room. Um, I know, and I mentioned this recently, I think that the recent PFF rankings came out from position groups and the Chiefs were like 30th or 31st in running backs. And again, some of that goes back to, you know, Clyde not being as productive as they had hoped uh, to this point in his career. Maybe he'll show something more this year. But still, I mean, if you look at what the Chiefs have, um, you saw Jarek McKinnon, who was super impressive last season in the playoffs and productive for them. Ronald Jones is still young. Uh, he's a guy with the... Uh, the Bucks, and uh, that obviously had some struggles last year, but the season before was really good from a statistical standpoint. Yeah. And like I said, gets straight up the field. Um, and so Pacheco, I see the question from Michael, was he in returns today? He has been doing returns uh, for a long time for them now, so he should be a factor uh, in that particular part of the aspect as well. And also, you can't overrate special teams. Uh, a guy that can step in, have some speed on special teams. The Chiefs lost a lot of their special teams players from a year ago, so I think the Chiefs have to really like that competition there, even if again it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the top level. I mean, there's no Jonathan Taylor walking through the door. You know what I mean? That that's not what the Chiefs are, and that's not what they want to be as an offense because they pass the ball so much and rely so heavily on the pass. But I, I think there are reasons to be to like and to be interested in this group that they have and different skill sets they can play to. And like I said, you add in a draft pick and a guy who was productive in the playoffs last year and a guy who was productive two years ago, but not a year ago. And then a first-round draft pick who really hasn't played up to that just yet but has some hope and is still young, I think there's a lot of pieces there that you can dream on. Okay, we're going to spend some time, more time, on a show pretty soon. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow or Saturday, uh, talking about special teams and what we're seeing from not only return uh, specialists but also who's lining up you know, in, in the coverage teams because that also will give us an idea of maybe some – borderline players when it comes to the to the cut list so um listen we've ran a little bit over today uh, i really enjoyed the conversation with sam mcdowell jesse newell and vahe gregorian big old thanks to monty davis the producer and i apologize for a couple little technical snafus uh you had we had on this end today but uh, we'll try to do better tomorrow uh see if we do tune in at 2 30 and we will talk more Chiefs from training camp with you. Take care. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC, presented by First Federal. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And yes, if it still sounds a little funny, uh, you're still in the car with me heading up to Chiefs training camp in St. Joe. Salute to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell for sharing their thoughts on the Chiefs. And Morning Sports Edition, 27 pages this morning. Read all about the Andrew Benintendi trade and the first game played after the trade. And 
uh, got an analysis of that. Chiefs training camp. I read some good Formula One stories this morning. College football news. I'm telling you, it's the best sports page in America, Morning Sports Edition. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another Sports Beat KC.